So this is my friend Sarah, and I've asked her to come up here this morning to share a little bit of her tes- testimony with us, um, and you'll, you'll see what the connection kind of to what uh, Daniel has just been talking about in a second. But Sarah, I met you about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, and you've told me that uh, when I met you, that was kind of like what you would describe as the darkest season of your whole life, right? The total darkness. Would you be willing to share a little bit with us about what that darkness looked like for you? Well, when you met me, um, I had just arrived at Lydia House, and um, I'd spent three months in rehab after losing my son in the hospital when he was born to um, foster care. And uh, I'd been battling drug addiction and bad relationships for 20 years, and it just seemed like there was just no hope. It was the second child that I had that was taken away from me. And I, I just, I never felt like, you know, you could have thrown me in jail or prison or I could have even died. And, and that wouldn't have been as much of a nightmare as losing a child to foster mm-hmm. care. So you're in the depth of your darkness, but then you've described to me also that then you met Jesus. And it was like this total light went on in your life. What did it look like when the light of Jesus kind of started to invade into that darkness for you? Well, um, you know, uh, it was just really awesome that we sang that that, uh, song earlier. I'm sorry. I'm starting to get a little choked up. Um, uh, Reckless Love actually was a pivotal song for me. Um, Mm -hmm. in, In rehab, we, we had an opportunity every Wednesday to go to church and um, they would come and pick us up and we'd go and we'd worship and that was one of the songs mm-hmm. they sang the first day. And um, I, I, I started to get this, this feeling and this image of, of being saved, like God singling me out. And, and mm. so um, when I was in the hospital and they told me they were taking my son, I went and got on my knees and I said, God, if you give me my family back, I will serve you forever. And God said, no, I need you to follow me. And so I I decided to leave everything behind that I knew. And I went to rehab and I just, um, when I got to rehab, they put me in, in detox and this guy comes up to me and he says, there is no way you're going to stay sober unless you find God right now. And he, mm-hmm. he preached the gospel to me, a guy in detox right. with me who disappeared the next day and nobody could remember him. And I was like, wow, this is weird. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I went and I wrote it down and I, um, I just remembered that at that point, I knew that I was in a space where God was going to be able to work with me and change my life. And I could feel that life, that, that, that spiritual awakening that so many people in 12-step programs look for. I, I had it that, you know, this is the way I was going to go, but I didn't know where I was going or right. how I was going to get there. But when Reckless Love, the first time I was like, wow, that's, that's what I felt. That's, that's putting it into words, like, you know, that he came out and he left the 99 to come in and right. search me and find me. And yeah. What's that psalm that I always hear you quoting? Oh, um, Psalm 40, 40. verses 1 and 2. I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me. He heard my cry. He lifted me up out of an horrible pit. 
he, um, a miry clay. He put my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, the reason why I asked Sarah to share this story is about a month ago, um, I was having what I would deem to be a, a rough week, right? And my rough week looks like um, you know, I work here at the church, and it was one of those weeks where I felt like all I was hearing was kind of the negative things. It was a week where it felt like there was just a lot of lack, right? There was, there was more of a lack of things than there was a fullness of things, and kind of was, I was kind of carrying a lot of the anxiety and the struggle of that. And I'd gotten to the end of, of my week, and it was kind of one of those where I was like, what's the point? Like, why, why, do I, why do I do this? Why do I give myself away on a daily basis to, to serve this community and to serve God? Like, I don't even, I don't get the point anymore. All I feel is kind of the weight and the heaviness of it. And I'm, I'm actually standing washing dishes somewhere, and I hear Sarah sharing this story, this testimony over my shoulder to somebody else. But she's the way she's just describing it, like it's so compelling and she's so still enamored with what God has done in pulling you out of that miry clay, right? And she's over my shoulder telling this story to somebody else and I'm just scrubbing dishes and I was like, that's why, that's why I do it. That's why I give myself away. That's why we do what we do because God is still in the business of doing what God does, which is bringing restoration, which is transforming lives. It's taking people out of those miry places. I'm like, Okay, I remember, and I'm, and I'm, I'm back on board again. Okay, I'm not going to quit, right? And it was just it was so encouraging to me to hear her share that. And then I thought, why, why do we not hear stories like this all the time? And it's not that they're not happening. It's that we just sometimes sort of forget or, or forget even the impact of, of hearing a story like that or sharing a story like that. One of the, the second song that we sang this morning um, Noel, Noel says, come and see what God has done. Like, our lives should be that. Come and see what God has done. Every single one of us in this room has a story of transformation. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you have put your, your hope and your trust in following Jesus, then you have a story as well that is of bringing you out of that darkness into his glorious light. And so I'm encouraged when I hear a story like this. I wanted you to be encouraged by hearing a story like this. But it's not unique. That is, there is hundreds of testimonies in this room. And so I suppose maybe part of my encouragement today would be, like, share your story. There's, there's other people who need their faith to be reinvigorated by hearing a story like this. So thank you for actually... The part that foster care, he's not in foster care anymore. Oh, Sarah said, don't forget the part to say where John John is not in foster care anymore. He's been actually home with you for the better part of this year. <laughs> You're right. Thank you. Yeah. And you will, you will see John John running around. He's, he's hard to miss. So he's it's such a gift to you and has now become a gift to us as well. So thank you. And thank you for being willing to get up here and share that story. I'm going to pray for Sarah. I'm going to pray for us here. Father, um, thank you for this incredible reminder that you do so well what you do, which is bringing restoration where things have been broken, where things seem so hopeless, and then you step in and you make it into something that only you could do in order to bring glory to yourself and in order to bring hope and life into our world. So thank you for Sarah. Thank you for the work that you're doing in her life, and I pray for more, God. I pray for continued um, strength and abilities to, to progress and move forward and, and see you coming into her life. Thank you for baby John John, God. 
Lord, I pray for us, Father, that our, our faith would be um, kind of invigorated this morning by hearing this, Lord, that we would be people who want to show others what you are doing by letting our lives be a testimony, letting our lives show that light that you've brought into us, God. May people see what you have done um, in the open windows of our souls, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.